1: Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: The first four hours were simply in a moose-bouche. I'm stuffed. I can't remember the last time I ate this much. Sure you one not want dessert? Not for me. Good. Your table is ready for Carmen and Lima's emerging podcast scene. Alright, it's the emerging podcast scene presented by Extend Technologies. Even though we try to go before 1015, we we're a little bit late today because of all the different changes that we have. And again, Extend Technologies, see, this is why you get to Extend Technologies, so you're not root hogging for all the other things that you have to find because Extend Technologies makes everything so simple.
3: And they're on time, Kenny, every single time. That's <laughs> how they've been able to uh, build up their uh, amazing reputation in Northeast Ohio over the course of the past 15-plus years and only getting bigger and, again, taking care of everyone's home automation needs along with their patios, along with uh, just everything they could do, state-of-the-art technology with a home theater setup.
2: For over 20 years, that's why you go to Extend Technologies, com. That's com. I want to get to, at some point, can I rip college players For what they do on the field and on the court now. Well, don't we already? Yep. I said me. Okay. All right. First off, can I just – I was listening to something the other day, and I realized that uh, Owen is a big fan of Conan O'Brien, and I have not got to watch Conan O'Brien live in a long time. If if you were going to rank your top late-night host during your lifetime, I guess
3: Johnny Carson's included here. Yeah, I so saw him. How would, I you rank, how would you rank him? Can I go? Tom Green, number one. I loved Tom Green. Are you I kid serious? You I kid you not. A lot I, of I'm telling you a lot of what Conan man. ended up doing. I honestly think, and a lot of what we see today, a lot of that is not overall. Well. I really believe that Tom Green and his very his very informal setup, I think had 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 a huge influence. If you were to ask a lot of those. Guys who hosted afterwards, the Jimmy Fallon's of the world. I bet you they'd say Tom, Tom Green, Green didn't host before uh, Conan though. I think his show. He no, he was. He was in Canada. He was in Canada. Really? Show, yeah. And it, it had gotten out. It had it had been something that had been on the radar, uh, for a lot of people, and they were wondering who was going to get that show. And uh, MTV ended up being able to do it. But the irreverence of which Tom Green, I, I I'm telling you, yeah. Whether it ages, what what age? does all of SCTV. I mean, the Where's My Dinner You-Know-What statue? Sh- sh- uh, did the uh, old, I don't want to say it in that term. Their entire, I would say, five-year spans of Saturday Night Live did not age well. So I don't think that that uh, is a big dent. But I really like Tom Green. I really like the way he did it. I thought it was uh, very wow. interesting.
2: All right. What did you think of Jay Leno and Letterman?
3: I think it got to the point where it was cool to hate on Leno. But the, the saccharine type of show that he was supposed to be doing – there was no, uh, make an argument after Carson, there's nobody even close to doing it as well as he did it. With all the responsibilities that he had, you know, he did not, he was not permitted to do a show uh, like like the types of shows you see now. They wanted him to be able to maintain an audience and he did ever, I think the, what was it, the Hugh Grant episode after that, he ends up beating Letterman in the ratings and then took off and Letterman could never touch him. So Letterman became the chic you know, insidery guy that like comics loved. They hated Leno's comedy, although they all say to a man that Leno, when he was doing stand up comedy, was was kind of a renegade, was very talented, was very talented stand up comedian. But then once you get that job of the Tonight Show, you have to be the Tonight Show host back then. You know, now they don't really want you to be that. But now back then you had to be. And so I always I always thought Leno I thought he was pretty good. I thought he was pretty good. I know it's not cool to say that. We were always
2: a Letterman family. Mm-hmm. My dad always liked Letterman, and now I look on it, I kind of think it makes my dad cooler to me. Yeah, my Dad watched Letterman; like he was like, ah, he doesn't watch Leno. He watches Letterman. It's more
3: counterculture. Yeah,
2: he liked David Letterman. It and took more risks. Obviously, David Letterman has his uh, personal dalliances here and there, um, but still, it's it's kind of like okay, he's the guy. Letterman's the dude. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it's you said it. It's interactive. It's, it's more insidery. It's more like uh, comedian's comedy, that type of thing. It always makes my me makes me feel like my dad's a little cooler there. Never really got Leno. I like Conan. I just didn't watch enough. I saw the clips. I like pre-TBS,
3: pre-Turner.
2: Really? Conan. I, you didn't I, like later Conan? No. I thought there were some no. things they did that were really cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. With, yeah, with Conan, TBS, too. And
3: listen, Con- Con- Conan was his man-on-the-street stuff to this day, is my favorite my favorite stuff of anybody really? that ever did that stuff. Him just going anywhere has some of the best bits of all time. Just him going to nerdy conventions. That man on the street stuff, I think, is so strong. They talk about how they put those together. So Jim Norton did that for like four years under Jay Leno. When Jay Leno was starting to finally try to – he realized he was being crushed by everybody. He needed to reinvent the show. So he had on, of all people – Jimmy Norton do those Norton said to do one of those man on the street things. He said it was 7 hours of talking to hundreds of people to so, get 3 oh to 4 God. minutes of usable funny oh, stuff. Oh yeah,
2: 3 to 4 minutes, yeah. absolutely. I I I hours, totally believe that.
3: Hours of him flailing away and you know, cuz most people are normal
2: people and yeah. they're not going to be and it's New York so they're busy I'm assuming, so it's going to be
3: hard. Go ahead. And Jim Jim Norton is his crowd work is just some of the best of all uh, the standups that I ever paid attention to over the last 20 plus years. And he's a guy that can make something out of nothing. And yet he said it would take hours to find something. And he would sit there at the end and go, this is a failure. I can't do the show. I'm not funny enough. (sighs) I
2: loved, I I loved Jim Norton when he would make what my, one of my favorite things about Jim Norton is he can make any situation immediately uncomfortable. Like some guys work a system to make something uncomfortable on purpose Mm -hmm. When he did Chip Chipperson, mm-hmm. and they were riding in the car, and he's like, my girlfriend, and then he like said so the thing about like, his fake girlfriend, he made it up off the top of his head, and she had a, mm, she died. Uh, it was immediately one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. Is
3: Who are the other stand-up, who are the other hosts Well, that we're forgetting? Magic Johnson? What Arsenio Hall? Chevy, Chevy? Oh, God. Arsenio had a that, good run. He did have a good run. People, people actually forget that. Uh, he was kind of a cultural phenomenon, and it, it, when you always think back of Bill Clinton mm-hmm. coming on with a the saxophone, there's a reason that Bill Clinton went on that show mm-hmm. and dialed up the saxophone. He wasn't doing that on any other shows. He was trying to make the rounds, but he made sure to go on that show, and it was it was a stroke of genius by by his campaign. They talk about that as a huge, huge moment in his campaign putting him on the map. Big question. I want to
2: see how you answer this. Is late-night TV dead? Yeah.
3: In in a current form, yeah. Then
2: how is it that Jimmy Kimmel can have a bowl Mm. game named after him? Yeah,
3: well, it's still a lot of money. The network still have a lot of money, and they are tasked with trying to preserve what they have. They already know the the piece of the pie has been reduced so greatly, and they know that the audience is so fractured, and there's so many other places for people to get to content. So the network isn't just going to give this up. The network isn't just going to say, well, we give up. No, the network has to be forced to remain as competitive as possible, so they're going to spend money on it. could be a loss leader. could be something that they're never going to get their money back, but they still, they still have to have something to try to command an audience and to do right by their sponsors. Has politics
2: fallen out of favor as far as funny? Can we have fun at the expense of politicians anymore? I think Bill Maher does a good job of it. I think, but Bill Maher's separate. I'm ta- I should say I'm talking about late-night hosts. Okay. Like, Bill Maher does a good job. But the other late night hosts, like Jimmy Fallon, his ratings tanked because he would not talk politics. But you remember Johnny Carson was not political and did not want to make political jokes and did not want to do that. Like he, you know, he his monologue here and there, but he didn't want to make big political things. And Jimmy Kimmel got eaten alive Mm -hmm. at the beginning of that. Now I'm sure he's doing fine now, but there was a time where, gosh, he just did not want to be political. He wanted to have fun. and. Look there was a time no one wanted to hear that, and now I wonder, here we are four years later. How long has it been since Jimmy Fallon took over that show? Six years later? That's Eight it? Eight years later?
3: Oh, I think it's longer than that Okay. Now. I mean, Kimmel's and- been going since the year 2000, 2001. Whoa. Yeah.
2: So how long has Jimmy, Kim- Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Fallon Fallon's been Fallon's been
3: around. All right. Seth Meyers has been around a long time now.
2: I've never seen Seth Meyers. I never gave him. And he shot. wanted
3: to go political. That was his angle. I'm going to be later. I'm going political. What about Colbert? Uh, yeah, we've talked about Colbert. We just talked about him last week on the actual uh, show. I want to ask you if you are including, for the sake of this conversation, uh, both Craig Kilborn and Jon Stewart. Oh,
2: Jon Stewart to me is one of the best late yeah. night hosts ever. I think so. Uh, Craig Kilborn. Craig Kilborn had his place. Um I remember like it was it was weird. The Daily Show was entertainment. It was it was satire but it was entertainment and he had movie stars on. Like I remember the old promos when Comedy Central when I was a kid and it was like I remember he said this is Brendan Fraser, not Fraser Fraser not Fra- Brendan Fraser yeah, sure. and if you say Fraser Fraser I'm going to come to your house and kill you. That's what he said. <laughs> and that was his promo you're watching Comedy Central. And he was sitting there mm-hmm. on the set of the Daily Show after he just got done doing his interview on the Daily Show. And I think that Craig Kilborn was great. I think John Stewart is is amazing. I I think Trevor. Noah... again, Norwood we're just talking
3: good. entertainment. Yeah. I get it if you're not if you don't see if you don't lean the same way politically, no, just you're just gonna say Stewart. those guys suck.
2: Oh sorry, but not, I'm not here for that. Um I don't know who you're not yeah. either. Trevor Noah dismisses the mark with me. Me too. Nothing he does is funny. To me, I'm just sorry. I don't laugh. I just don't laugh. I see other people laughing, and I don't get it. And then you don't get it, so that makes me feel better about not getting it. But you say he's on every billboard in L.A.
3: He's everywhere. They are trying to promote the hell out of it.
2: I don't know. And there's all these other ones now that are starting. Like Peacock has one. There's like now you're gonna have the HBO Max one with with Conan. And I'm just not. I just think it's all. A lot of it's just the same old recycled crap. Well, remember
3: why did you so have not, to watch those shows back then? There were a few reasons why you had to watch. Not that many channels. Not that many uh, places to be entertained. Topical tradition. They yes. They also wanted to bring on music, comedy, yeah. and also have the big guests to promote movies. Guess what? They don't need anymore. They really don't need that type of promotion. The promotion has completely changed. I mean, I think of how Johnny Carson would have to have on the best stand-up acts. And the reason those stand-up acts would go on Johnny Carson was they were almost getting passed. It was almost like, America, Johnny Carson has anointed you Mm -hmm. as someone that is eligible to become a monster and make a lot of money. And not only that, if you got brought over to the couch on Carson, meaning you went and did your set, now you get to come over and hobnob with Carson for the final segment of the show to to just – wax poetic about what what whatever those comics would get tv deals just based on that
2: and we're only talking about like our lives like i know that dick cavett was on yeah, yeah. and it's still te- i mean he's, he's still with us but i i think of the 60s when i think of dick cavett mm. you know what i mean so it's like did i say technically with us like he's with us i didn't mean technically with oh, us he? dick cavett mm-hmm. hasn't died yet um he's i think he's like 83 mm. 82 somewhere in there um but, but anyway, but I just think of the 60s and 70s when I think of Dick Kevin. But anyway, just I'm
3: giving I'm giving the stand-up uh, Jack pa- comedian Park. thing, Jack Park. Yeah. yeah, I'm giving the stand-up comedy reference this so you can understand what's going on with everything else is that they don't really need to do like local radio anymore, stand-up comics. They don't need to do Johnny Carson or whatever those shows. They'll still go on them. Yeah. But they don't need those. They get more return, more bang for their buck just going on a podcast with Joe Rogan. That's bigger than anything. That is the new, um, honestly, that is the new going on the Tonight Show. It's just going on a big podcast like that. Hmm. That's a good point. It's amazing the difference. So I still think these actors are of- feeling the same way. These actors are feeling like it's more important for us to do this rather than this, like I- the old days.
2: There's so many things that are just segmented about mainstream society, and I hate- it's almost like it's being put into its own niche. Like movies. Like Scorsese said, there's no movies being made anymore, no real movies being made anymore, and people were killing him over it. And all he was trying to say was, no, it's all, it's all sequels, and it's all no. comic book movies. Yeah. It's that's all it is, and it's true. Like you brought it up yourself about the Oscars. Do you recognize any of the movies that are in the Oscars anymore? No, it's mostly foreign films. No, how much of it's drama? And any come, and any studio knows. Why spend this money on this drama when I could spend this money or a lot more money, but still make a lot more money on Captain America eighty
3: seven? Or I'll even go. I'll even go further. Now that when is that taste going to change? When are people going to get out of that? Well, not only this, not only is the negative connotation gone away with being in a TV show compared to being in big cinema. Hence, what we just saw with like Kate Winslet is Mm -hmm. in that Mayor of Easttown. I just finished that. That would have never happened 20 years ago. She would not have wanted to contaminate it, never wanted to contaminate you know, the thought of her on the on the big screen. Yeah. Now they don't care. They can yeah. make just as much money, and they can do something just as meaningful and something that gets talked about more. There are Netflix shows that get talked about yeah, way right. more than movies that right. never happened 20 years ago, anything like that. No yeah. TV shows, no TV miniseries. None of that, except for maybe, like, Twin Peaks. It like, just wasn't a lot of that. Is Billions a two-hour movie now?
2: Or, excuse me, is Billions a two-hour movie in 2008? Right, could have been a good movie, right? Now it's, yeah. n- now it's in, what, in its eighth season? Well, it's fourth or fifth. Okay. Yeah, why not Sorry, that sorry. instead? Messed up. Yeah. Westworld, like those type of mm-hmm. things, which these are shows I haven't even seen. I know that people love these shows, and they're all, like, drama, thought-provoking, all that stuff, provocative, and it's still you're not getting anything out of the movie because all the movies are is Fast and Furious. How many
3: times does Vin Diesel have to run away from somebody? We went to the movie theater yesterday just to see, just to go look at what was playing. And back in the day, you would have have so many of these movies just in your memory bank because you'd see them in every commercial. And they still are promoting some of these movies. But I think there's only two movies that are getting any buzz whatsoever right now. And it's – Fast and Furious, and it's that one that that, that we promoted with giving away tickets to uh, the John Krasinski movie, the horror movie. The number It's the second time. I forgot what it was called. But there's only two movies doing well right now in theaters as people are getting back to uh-huh. trying to go to theaters. But the reason you're going to see that franchise, Fast and Furious, continue on is because it's the only thing that's proven. It's the only thing that's proven that they know they can reach a certain point they can't do that with a lot of the other
2: movies and as much as I complain going like I just said how many times does Vin Diesel have to run away from somebody I also this is this is double sided I love cars and I want people to be interested in cars and interested in those type of things and I remember I saw the first Fast and Furious in theaters in Belden Village we were all there me and my buddies had to see it as a teenager I drove my mom's Pontiac Grand Prix. Like I had buddies who had tuner cars Yeah. and used to park their cars on West Tusk and like put their hoods up and stuff like that. And they were really into it. I always thought it was cool. It's just, you know, I never, like they all worked. I played sports. And then when I worked, I didn't save up enough money to do any of that stuff. So I did not have, like my buddies had really nice cars. Like they had to make a payment on, on those cars. And they would go, they would take them out. They would, they would soup them all up and they'd kick the hell out of those cars, but they were really nice, and they were a lot of fun, and my buddy's dad was a mechanic, so we had a really nice, he had a Nissan 240SX, and he got it, and it was like really stock, and they did a lot of great things to it, that movie came out, and it like brought, it kind of brought a car culture back, and I think if that movie lasts, which it obviously has, okay, there's always going to be, there's going to always going to be a segment of, of kids who, who like cars, and, and want to drive, and and being cars because all I hear now is horror stories about Yeah, my kid turned sixteen, doesn't want to drive. And I'm like, Yeah, like you kinda have to. Like you need I would love to be able to have Axel already. I love Axel, he's six years old. I want to keep him six years old as long as I can. But it will be nice when he's sixteen when I go, You're getting your license, so you can go take your mother's car out mm. to get gas. You could take you can go pick these up, you can go get that, you can go get this, you can go get your brothers, that type of thing. Like it's just it's to me it's a necessity of life that the oldest child definitely needs to drive, and I hear from all my buddies who have kids who are teenagers,
3: and I'm sure you do too. Like uh, I don't want to do. That. I'm like, what you, you want to take an Uber everywhere? What is this? I thought they were saying the average age of people getting their li- kids getting their license is way later than it's ever been. There's a kid down the they street who got waiting. his temps at 18 somehow. Yeah, like didn't a- just get his license, got his temps. Yeah, I, I keep hearing that that's happening, and I don't I don't really understand scope of that is this a real story Once.
2: no this is a joke okay i wanted to make sure i wanted to make sure because for congratulations on all your success uh i wanted to make sure also that you get to extend technologies dot com. that's xtendav.com. com. you go to the website first remember zero percent financing now through january 2023 if you make a purchase by july 18th so you got to go to the website X T E N D A V dot See what they have for you. Whether it be great big tremendous screens, whether it be surround sound r- surround sound, not just for the room, the whole house in that feature. Tunable spectrum technology, everything your heart could possibly desire under one roof to make your roof even better. X T E N D A V Get to Extend Technologies today. See what they have for you. You're gonna absolutely love the fine folks that can help you out with Extend Technologies. Uh, Lima, I have a question for you now. Mm-hmm. You said we already do. I do not. It, it, I just always felt weird. You're gonna roll your eyes because you're gonna go, "Oh God, how brave of you!" I don't like criticizing college players for what they do on the field or on the court. I just am uncomfortable. Like, okay, when was it Tim Beckman who was really not very good with Ohio State? was one of them. I yeah. was very uncomfortable with that. Joe Bowserman was Joe Bowserman the one he where they were r- doing the r- yeah they did the pass chart and it was like up in the grandstands and stuff like that. I was really uncomfortable like that. Because I'm like, he's not – I know he gets benefits. I know that there might be something there. He plays for Ohio State, for crying out loud. But I'm like, he's not a professional. I don't feel comfortable being that critical of professionals. Like, when it comes to college football, I'm very critical of coaches. I've ripped Jim Harbaugh up and down, and I think rightfully so. And there's plenty of other coaches that I'll rip for players up until today early today as i say this sentence i've not felt comfortable ripping players for on-field performance like oh so and so's not clutch so and so can't get the job done so and so needs replaced this is what needs to happen like there's a couple of things that are a matter of fact but you've heard my criticism of professional athletes like sometimes it and it can be very colorful uh very strong say, you're stro- you're stronger than me about that type of thing I've just always felt uncomfortable ripping college athletes. Can I still do that? Can, or can I rip college athletes now? Or should I still stay the same way? Because today a lot of guys are getting paid. I saw something from a Michigan State kid where it said, this is a paid advertisement to listen to this Locked on Spartans podcast. I've never listened to it, but I'm sure it's not terrible, which I thought was funny. Yeah. yeah. He said that. And now, I, now I'm just thinking, all right, is it open season? Can I go Europe? You get something for this. There is a professionalism to this. There's a contract. There's a personal services contract. You make this money because of what you do. Does that give me my loophole to go? Okay, better complete these passes. Better, you're you're in the Heisman race. You better earn it because now I'm gonna come at you like I would a quarter like a, like a quarterback who's playing for the Detroit Lions. I'm gonna come at the quarterback who plays for Michigan State.
3: Well, it's interesting because I've always thought there was kind of a financial threshold to something like that. Like you're going to be upset if your high school quarterback of your hometown team, the high school quarterback, throws just a mind-numbingly bad interception, or, mm-hmm. or spikes the ball on fourth down, right? And and doesn't doesn't get it done at the end of a game. You're gonna you're internally you're going to be upset, but you're not most likely unless you're in Texas. You're not going to go to the message boards and just rip how stupid your senior quarterback for your local high school team is. You're just probably not going to do that. I'm not saying that it doesn't happen. Obviously, it does. But most people are not going to do that. Then you go up a level. You go to college. You know, you're really not going to rip a D3 college basketball player for missing a free throw with your season's, you know, conference tournament on the line. You're not going to go out there and humiliate the kid or do any of that. Yeah. You're going to be upset, but you're not going to do any of that. Now let's go up another level. Is that going to happen with the Akron quarterback or the Kent State quarterback? Are you going to crush them when they have really bad moments? You know, I, I even in getting a chance to do the games that I did last year, I wasn't doing what like Sean McDonough would do. Sean McDonough would would go after players for for making idiotic decisions during games. College well, players I wasn't going to do that for doing these these MAC conference games. I think every level you go up, it changes. Now you're Alabama's quarterback. You spike the ball on fourth down. You're getting crushed. You're Ohio State's quarterback. You're throwing a bad interception.
2: I wouldn't do you're that. You're getting crushed.
3: And I wouldn't do that
2: if the kid if if the kid like if if we were doing sports talk radio and Chris Weber calls time out. I'd make every excuse in the world for it. I'd put it immediately on um. Steve Fisher. Steve, I'd have put immediately on Steve Fisher. I would turn around and go. Steve Fisher has to tell him how many. I don't care. They gotta know. They got it on. How many timeouts there are? And you, your bench needs to know. The bench was yelling for Chris Rubin to call a timeout. I would have gone as hard as hell on Steve Fisher in that moment. Going, that is a miss by Steve Fisher. I don't care. I don't care how old they are. And people, you can say what you want to about the Black Sox, the Fab Five, the whole thing. I know everybody hate him, but. I would have ripped Steve Fisher and not Chris Weber for that. Now, if you know Chris Weber would be getting some sort of personal services contract, mm-hmm. can I just
3: rip Chris Weber now? Actually, Chris Weber would get one of the biggest ones. I mean, that's how big of a recruit he was. Yeah, he was. That's how big of a deal he was. Yes, he was. So he would be getting paid yes. big time. So would I feel perfectly fine? Okay,
2: Spencer Rattler came mm-hmm. out with his own logo today. Mm-hmm. Can I rip him for the logo? Oh, Can these, I make fun of the
3: logo? These guys, Can I rip him? No, I think his? I think it opens it up now, yes. These He's guys, the perfect
2: one, by the way. A lot of people don't like him.
3: Yeah, these guys are going to they're, – they're now considered professional. That is what's going to happen here. That is the dividing line is the moment you're considered professional. I think it is It is. It is all hands on deck now. I think that's all in play. I do. And it, it's been in play for a lot of people. You listen to the Feinbaum show, they're crushing college players all the time.
2: Uh, they, they, know, they just are. They but are. I, I would say yes. The the player needs to. Chris Webber needs to call it differently. Chris Webber needs to know what it is. But but Steve. But Steve. Steve Fisher needs to let him know. Um. Spencer Rattler can't be throwing picks every other time. But Lincoln Riley needs it. Like that was the thing. And now, hey man. I'm telling if you You too. can't do this at Oklahoma. We need. They need to get you out of there because that's a quarterback factory. Now I would look at it and go, if you can't get this job done, you're getting a new lease on life this year. You have a chance to do something big. You basically got taken out of that spot last year. It was too bright for you. This is Oklahoma. You're supposed to be a college quarterback factory. If you can't do it there, I can't trust you. Get out. Like, I would say that now as a guy who's looking at you
3: going, you're getting paid
2: something for this.
3: Yeah, what I think you're about to see most of all, is, and, and don't look at Twitter, that's the echo chamber of everybody saying, good, make as much money as possible, screw the NCAA, screw the coaches, Urban Meyer should make $5 a year, not, not $7 million. Okay, you're going to see a lot of that kind of stuff. I think you're going to see a ton of resentment and jealousy now. And I, what I'm wondering is if that is going to curb some of the fandom of college sports. And I'm not trying to st- – everyone's like, oh, every argument against this stuff is big boogeyman stuff and fear tactics. I'm not. I'm not. You do like I, big boogeyman I, stuff and fear tactics. I do not think college football is going to end or, or, you know, plummet in the ratings. But I do think some of the exuberance that fans have is going to go down a little bit. And I think fans are really going to – I think there are going to be fans out there that are going to be disgusted with how much these players make. And when they play poorly – I mean, you thought it was bad when Ryan Hamby dropped a ball in the end zone against Texas and got death threats. Oh, my God. Imagine if Ryan Hamby had four endorsement deals and was making more money than some but, but, of the guys working at the plant it's down the road. It's perfectly justified
2: now. That's, that's the thing is you assume every football player makes an ass load more than you and will always make an assload more than you, so that's part of the trade-off. People go,es well, you can't treat us like we're, we're subhuman. We're not trying to treat you like you're subhuman, but you are a character in their play. You are there for their entertainment. It's professional sports. That's professional sports. There is, as cynical as I can be, something towards enriching the student athlete, enriching the young person playing college sports. And that includes everything from water polo to the Big Ten Ten championship game to the national championship. That was always under that umbrella. And now if I know like a guy God forbid I don't want to keep mentioning Ryan Hamby because I feel bad even then. Like he didn't drop the ball on purpose. No, what are you doing no. sending death threats to him? He's a technically unpaid,
3: co- unpaid player for Ohio State. It's going to cost you, him a national championship that year. And I That's look how at you people and I go,
2: you guys are psychos. You guys are all psychos. You need to relax and stop watching college football for a while and get your priorities straight. You guys need some personal tragedy before you guys go on after Ryan Hamby and realize how bad things can be. I'm serious about that. That's how angry I get over that sort of thing, and I don't want to be that guy. And I, I did ask. I asked in the promo – for like, hey, with the emergency podcast schemes going up, and I just I put the link on and I said, Can I rip can I rip college players? And there are people going, Absolutely, they're getting paid. Yes, you can. Uh, Alex says no. Old River says rip for what exactly? not not, not answered. This is this is a promo for a show. Um, PA Sports Midday, who's a oh, this guy's a host in Pennsylvania. This is an interesting question. They can't be quote unquote just kids earning a living out there. No, I don't think so. Are 20 – if a guy's wearing an Oklahoma jersey and he's a year older, he's still not a kid? If he's 21, he gets out of college. Mm-hmm. Like David Njoku. David Njoku was 20 when he got drafted by the Browns. I could say he's just a kid if I wanted to. He's getting paid a hell of a lot of money. But you could say he's just a kid out there. Yeah, listen, I – I, to I think, me, I'm 35 years listen.
3: old. David Njoku's is, what, 23, 24 now? To me, he's just a kid. The fact is that ripping college players, I mean, just ask anybody who's ever gambled on a football game and owes a bookie, you know, has to square up at three grand. Yeah, they've been yelling obscenities about college football players, kids, or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. That absolutely has been going on forever. And this'll just add to that. But, you know, this is the trade off. Everything everything has a trade off, and the trade off for these players is you're just opening yourself up to more scorn and ridicule. Uh, When you capitalize on these deals and actually get paid, and that's going to happen, there are going to be some ugly stories Mm. over the next few years, especially now, because I'm telling you, there are going to be people getting money uh, today that might not—that money might not be available a year from now or two years from now, because they're going to—they're going to standardize. I think the marketplace will standardize a lot of what these players are going to be eligible for. Mm -hmm. That they're going to have—they're going to have basically, you know, when we go to our potential sponsors on the radio station. We have sheets that say, oh, here's what the, here's what this show will cost, and here's what this show will cost. Right now they don't have that. So it's just a, the the open, well, wide open West. That's why I wonder what the schools might do. It, you brought this up,
2: and this is perfect, what the schools may do to help the athlete. Because if you go to a certain client or a potential client out there, well, you know, I did radio before, and I really didn't get much return out of it, didn't get really a lot of buy. Well, I went with your school before with an athlete, and I, I really didn't get a whole lot of return out of that. And then you go, well, wait a minute. That athlete wasn't like him where we go, wait a minute. That that show, that station, whatever, da-da-da-da, that isn't like Ken and Anthony. That's not like them. This is what you get when you yeah, get this Ken is, and Anthony. This
3: is Trevor Lawrence. This, this is with, with Clemson. Pairing us to Trevor
2: Lawrence and Clemson. Yeah. Well, well done. Thank you. Congratulations on all our success. Um, I was out this week. Did you promote congratulations on all your success? I brought up three times. I got the emails. I have a congratulations on all your successes personally. Your buddy Paul says he Oh wait, we got to play the open. Oh, oh yeah, Phil. we have the open. We have to play the open. Please play the open. When you need a dear Abby so you don't end up with a dear John.
0: Congratulations. Congratulations.
2: Congratulations. Congratulations on all your success. Two two things technically. All right. First one, your buddy Phil I called him Paul. We're already off on the wrong foot. You have a buddy named Phil. You have a buddy named Paul. They both have four letters and a P. They both end with the same letter.
3: Your buddy Phil says he dropped the ball talking to me. Said so it was one of the biggest embarrassments of his life, of his adult life. I think this is one of the rare times. Why Why did he say he was embarrassed? So he was all excited. He had never, I don't know how he's never met you. That He's been to the tailgates before. Maybe he just hasn't had a chance to talk to you. But I think that he thought he'd get some one-on-one time. You know, if you ever watch The Bachelor or Bachelorette, the big deal is to get the one-on-one time, not the group dates, but the one-on-one where you actually get some time by yourself to make an impact. Mm. And I thought, I think that Phil thought this was going to be the opportunity at my birthday party to be able to talk to you and just have a meaningful conversation, not just a, how you doing? I enjoy you on the radio. Like something that goes a little further than that that provides some meat on that bone for a conversation. He called me two days later and said, Anthony, I blew it. And I said, what do you mean you blew it? He said, I humiliated myself. I I had nothing to say to Ken, and I had thought about it. I had rehearsed it. Of course, I'm thinking of the godfather the very beginning. You know, was it Luca Luca Brasi going over?
2: May your first child be a masculine child. <laughs> masculine child.
3: So, Phil, Phil, uh, I think, had thought of what he was going to say. It was going to be something Browns ran, a huge Browns fan. He'll always ask me about things. He always tries to get the scoop of what we're going to talk about before we do it on the radio. Really? Yeah, wow. he always wants to know. And then he can tell his buddies, you know, oh, what okay. we think. Like, do we really think Odell's going to have a good year? You know, those kind of things. Yeah. And I guess I'm not privy to the actual conversation he had with you. I know he had a few drinks. He said he blew it. He said you bl- kind of blew him off. You were oh, so unenthralled no. with the conversation. oh, that, that was it. And then Have you texted that, your buddy Phil since? That one moment in time, that's all the opportunity he had and then it was over. Have you texted your
2: buddy Phil since? We talked
3: about it. Do you talk to Phil about it? Oh, I haven't told him okay. what you told me. You
2: need to tell Phil to listen to the podcast because I got I to come clean on this. Is I was just too sweaty. It wasn't Phil's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I was totally. I was. I was. I was trying to stay in on the conversation, and our, where we were at, you only had the use of the hall from two to six. I swear to God, they turned the AC off on us <sighs> to get us out of there, so they could set up for the new place. Smoke us on out, my children. It's a great you tactic. can ask Lloyd. You can ask Liz. You can. I think you can ask what could be your future mother-in-law. She got the hell out of there. Like it got warm in that room, and so I was like. I, the whole thing, wherever I go, it's don't sweat. Whatever you can do, don't sweat. If you start to sweat, try to find a way to get yourself out of that situation. Try to find a way to not sweat. And I got into that. I started talking to your buddy, Phil. And I was like, by, I can feel the heat coming off those damn ovens. And I'm like, they turn this." and he's talking to me. And in my head, I'm going, they turn the damn AC off in here. I think you're right about that. Because it was later. And I go, they want us out of here. It's 6 o'clock. They want us out. They turn the AC off. And I go, you got to get out. And I'm like, oh, yeah, nice to meet you. And I got out. And I went and sat down with Liz by the window, got got the sweat off me, and that was fine. So I feel terrible about your friend. I feel really is bad about gonna your friend. Is there going
3: to be a make good here? Is that the only I, opportunity? I hope,
2: I hope I get to see him. I don't know. We've known each other for a very long time. That was the first time I ever when met the guy. When is this ever going to happen? But you got to tell Phil, like, that's my fault. I didn't mean to blow you off. When you said the term blow you off, it made me feel about that big. I feel <laughs> terrible. I don't like to blow anybody off. I feel awful. There's people – by the way, I'm hard at hearing. People don't know this. They'll yell at me from across the parking lot, and they'll go, you blew me off. I can't hear you. I have no yeah, hearing. I think you stiffed them. I have the hearing of Rush Limbaugh. I have no hearing. So you got to yell a little loud. But I feel bad for your buddy. Tell your buddy I said I'm sorry. I also have another congratulations on all your success. What do you think of these shoes? You haven't even noticed yet. You didn't say anything. Uh, I like them. They're different for you. I've worn these only a handful of times. I've had these shoes for two years. They are jet black. Do you polish those? They look polished. No, I just don't wear them
3: that often. Looks like you're polishing them like Andy Dufresne.
2: How often does a man look at another man's shoes? <laughs> you just paid it off because you didn't yeah, look at my shoes. I did not you look. You really didn't notice because you, you judge personal
3: when appearance I'm out, constantly. Yeah, when I'm out, about, out and about and at back in the days when I used to go to clubs or anywhere, I'll look. I'll pay attention. I'll give the look down, up and down. Yeah. Which is kind of creepy when you think about it. I mean, you don't need another guy looking you up and down from head to toe, but I do it. I absolutely do it. I don't know whether that's a – I don't know what that is. I think I'm always comparing, contrasting. Hmm. Can I pull that look off? Can I not?
2: Well, you can easily pull this look off. All you got to do is start eating. It's too easy. <laughs> it's too easy and stupid. Uh, when I walked in, Jake Kaufman goes, breaking in a new pair of shoes. And I went, not the way to start the day.
3: So he noticed it immediately. Yeah. So maybe he pays a little more attention to it. He thought they it.
2: were shiny. What are you doing in here? Oh, we're, You can tell we're wrapping up. Is that it? And we're talking right to you. Yes. That shirt's nice, by the way. You look magnificent. Our boss is in here. So can I wear these shoes again? Yeah. They do click-clack. Yeah.
3: They got some clicking. I and just, just don't know why you're wearing them. Do you have a meeting today? No. Yeah, I wouldn't it's, waste those on days to, I, at the radio station. I have spent 15
2: months, with the exception of two weeks at a time over the last, like, six, working from home in either sweatpants or Duluth Trading Company. But I ran out of clothes to wear to the station. So Liz went out – because I don't buy my own clothes. Liz went out and bought me all this stuff, and I go, going to look presentable every day. Going to look presentable. No more – when's the last time you've seen me in my Timberland boots? My Timberland work boots. Mm. When's the last time you saw me in them things? I guess I got to start paying attention. And don't act like you and Keith didn't text going, wow, wearing those pants again. Wearing that Duluth Trading Company I don't, t-shirt again. I honestly
3: don't. We might have done that like four years ago. What's the last that. thing you t- texted Keith about me? Just you and Keith. Nothing. Like Keith, What did Keith text you? Nothing. Actually did not. We don't do that anymore. We've grown up. We've evolved as a show. We've matured.
2: Yeah, I did ask you directly what bothers you about me yesterday. Every now and then I like to ask Lima what bothers him that I do on air, so I'll stop it. Don't tell anybody. I don't want them to notice. (laughs) You notice. And so I'll, I'll keep working on it. So we're back on Tuesday. Well, we're back technically tomorrow. Yeah. Shirtless grilling.
3: That's going to be brought up tomorrow. I cannot wait to talk about this. You're very excited. I've never thought about it, and thought about how skeevy that could make somebody. When you're thinking about, well, we'll get into it tomorrow. When you're thinking about all the, the natural juices that could be involved.
2: Hold off on that, but you should go to Extend Technologies. Don't hold off on that. X T E N D A V dot com. Track lighting. No, this is tunable spectrum, Mm -hmm. not track lighting, not these big weird things that you see up and down. No, 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 no tunable spectrum lighting that's why if you're building a new house so many people are like oh the housing market's terrible horrible let's build a house And they're building a house and they're getting extend in and extend is changing the way that they're building the house they're taking their home and turning it into a 21st century smart home that's what extend technologies does for you i've seen it myself lima you've been there you've seen you've seen it yourself
3: oh boy over at tony's house it's sensational how about uh, about those short Throw projectors. Oh my god. You'd think amazing. you ran out of space to try to put something you know, on nope. dangle from the ceilings nope. anymore. No go, sorry bob.
2: How can I put a projector here? I already have this amazing chandelier, and they're gonna go, I'll tell you how. But it's their secret. You can find out more with X T E N D A V dot and you can make it your secret with Extend Technologies and Broadview Heights. Listen tomorrow, Tall Boy Friday. We'll talk about shirtless grilling, talk about Aaron Donald being the best player in the NFL. All that coming up, a very special edition of The Ken Carman Show with Anthony Lima on 92.3 The Fan.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.